Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Everywhere around Australia, children are packing their school bags, pulling on their new school shoes and heading off to their local primary school. But local schools aren't the only options for parents. Figures collected by the Australian Bureau of Statistics show that homeschooling is on the rise. In Queensland, the number has increased from 1,100 in 2013 to 3,232 in 2018. And while the numbers aren't huge compared to those enrolled in mainstream schools, why are more parents turning to homeschooling to educate their kids? Susan White is from the Home Education Network, a not-for-profit organisation. She homeschooled her three children, who are now adults, and she now supports other parents wanting to do the same. Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Siobhan. So you've been doing this a number of years. Why did you decide to homeschool your kids? I had children who really didn't fit well in school. They loved learning, but they were just very unhappy in school. They didn't feel like they were learning enough. And I thought, why not? Now, your kids are adults now. When you started doing this, was it a difficult thing to put in place? It wasn't difficult to put in place. It's sort of a hard decision to make. It seems such a radical thing to do. But once you start home education and you meet other people, you really wish that you'd done it from the start. And a lot of people do, of course. There's about about 60% of home educators have had children in school and taken them out of school. And the other 40% have always home educated. It's a decision really around, you know, we have these, these beautiful little children who we delight in, you know, every little discovery when they're toddlers. There's no reason to turn that off when they, you know, turn five or turn six. You can go on alongside them discovering the world and sharing their joy and learning to read and every other skill. You mentioned your own children didn't particularly fit well at school. It wasn't for them. What have you found are other reasons parents decide to homeschool their kids, particularly now that the numbers seem to be on the rise? Well, in our survey that we did last year, the top reason that people gave was the ability to tailor the education to the child. Other reasons include inadequate school provision, Diverse learning needs, whether that's gifted children or children with specific learning needs. Um, there are philosophical reasons and there's the, you know, the just want to be with my children motivation. So we are coming to the end of school holidays and um, I love my kids, but I'm not sure I could spend that much time with them <laughs> all the time. It is quite a challenge being a parent anyway. Uh, kids particularly your own kids, have their own ways of behaving, shall we say. I had my own daughter say to me once, you can't tell me what to do, you're not a teacher, which uh, wasn't really handled very well on my part. But you get my point that sometimes when there's an outside influence trying to educate your kids, sometimes that outside influence can be easier than teaching them yourself. Does that make any sense to you? I get where you're coming from, but 
what I found and what a lot of other parents find is when you home educate, you develop a different relationship with the children where there's a lot more give and take. But every, every human being is a work in progress. And, uh, you know, our kids, regardless of what decisions we make, our kids don't always behave in the way that we would like them to. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and the reality is that parenting is about 90% muddling along, I think. And home education includes that. It's, it's very much parenting and you learn as you go. I was going to ask you, is there a level of education you need to have in order to teach your kids? Do you have to have finished high school or have a university education or anything like that? No, you don't. And I think there's a perception that you do need to do that. But the reality is the number one key is an interest in your child's learning and the motivation to help them. I'm not university educated myself. But I have, you know, educated my kids and two of them have gone off to uni. I'm interested in learning. So, you know, I could have spent a few years in university getting a degree, but um, I was getting on with having kids at that point. How can one person apply a curriculum that schools have several people teaching? That's what kind of boggles my mind as well. Well, it's not all up to the parent. It is in terms of you are the facilitator and you are bringing things into their life all the time, but you don't have to know everything. You, you know, you have access to the internet, of course, and you can just keep on finding out and you can utilise tutors. There are online courses. There are home education groups in every suburb where parents share skills, do group activities and classes. So, you know, if you're not great at maths, you can get a tutor for maths. If you're wonderful with craft activities but not so good at English, you know, you can you can get a tutor, you can work with other parents. There are all sorts of options. So there seems to be so much you can choose to teach them. How do you decide what to teach and when and then still be compliant with what the government expects you to be teaching your kids? Well, the regulations vary from state to state, but essentially there's such a wealth of knowledge, you know, it doesn't matter whether you follow the Queensland curriculum or the Victorian curriculum or the New Zealand curriculum. Even if you adhere to the curriculum and teach every single thing on it, you won't have covered at all, which is you know, a big thing that people worry about. Will I be able to cover it all? But nobody can cover it all. If you covered the curriculum from, you know, prep to year 12, you would find that so much knowledge had changed in the meantime. There's always new discoveries. So my method has always been to follow the kids' interests because children children retain what they're interested in. So when they ask you, why is the sky blue?, that's when you talk about that stuff. When you're reading to them and they want to know what that squiggle means, you explain what that squiggle means. What are those funny things at the end of sentences? So you talk about punctuation. Rather than setting up a lesson to teach 
something that they're actually not interested in today. Speaking about the curriculum, I imagine that part of the reason each state has developed a curriculum is with the thought that it will feed into higher education, whether it is from primary school to high school or from high school to university. What are the transitions like if you decide you want to homeschool your child for primary school and then you think, no, I think it works for you now for whatever reason, I want you to go to a mainstream high school or you've homeschooled them the whole way through and your child wants to go to university. How does that transition work when it's compared to probably quite strict adherence to a curriculum and a way of teaching and of subjects learnt? Home-educated kids are going, going into school and coming out of school at every single level. Generally, to go into high school, it's just a matter of turn up at the high school and say, I want to enrol my child. The transition issue, you know, how the kids actually step into school, it very much depends on the circumstances. If a child has decided, you know, I'm 12 years old and everyone else is having private school and I want to go to school, then they're highly motivated to, you know, work out how school works. For some kids, it's quite a, a um, exercise in kind of, you know, social observation, really, that they're learning how different people interact. And the biggest thing that kids say when they start school is that they have trouble with the whole idea that the teacher is the enemy. And as far as getting into uni, there are a lot of different pathways into uni. Kids can go through TAFE or they can use Open University. And there's about, there's about 20 different pathways into university from home education. So when I look back on my education, which was in mainstream schools from primary school to high school, especially looking back at high school, I feel like that was just a melting pot of difficult social interactions that thank goodness I've never seen anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you just touched on there a couple of transitions that might be challenging to children who've been homeschooled. Is socialising with other children one of the main challenges that homeschoolers face when they decide to teach their kids at home? No. It's actually, I think it's the number one question that we get asked is what about socialisation? And it's a misconception that home education means the kids are sitting at home all day with mum at the kitchen table. Most of us are out all all the time Um, there are activities running you know you could go to something four days a week if you um, wanted to so the kids are with other kids and they are learning to socialize and what I have found was our home education group was really a melting pot there were very different people you know people from vastly different backgrounds and social economic groups to what the kids had at school where all the kids came from a very similar socioeconomic background home education really broadened that out and they saw how other people live which has been quite a quite an education it does strike me though that financially it must be difficult because if you're going to homeschool your child that's assuming that one person can stay home and dedicate the time to that 
Are there any funds for parents who choose to teach their kids at home or is it something that you have to take on financially as a family? There aren't any specific funds. Nobody pays you to home educate your child, but you don't have any school fees, of course. And if you are a low-income family, then registered home education is an exemption from the mutual obligation requirements. If you know if that's appropriate for your family for sending payments, financially people make different arrangements. You know, some parents divide the home education between both parents and both work part time. Some parents work shift work. Some parents work grandparents in you know one day a week. There are different um, solutions for different families, and. Home education doesn't necessarily have to be on school days or in school hours. So there are people who spread the education throughout the week and you also have 365 days in a year. So you don't necessarily have to run to school terms. Which is great for holiday periods. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Look, there, there's definitely you've run over quite a few benefits. It does seem like a lot of work for the parent. Having educated your three kids, was it a lot of work for you? I actually think that it's... Yes, it, yes, it is work and it becomes a lifestyle. So once it becomes a lifestyle, you kind of don't realise that you're working, if you realise what I mean. But in the initial phase, you know, I I was very worried about how it was going to go and um, worried that I'd get burnt out, worried that I wouldn't be able to cope with the kids, that I really just want to get away from them. But once we settled into it, I found it so much easier to have, have the kids at home than to cope with all the school stress. And how are your children doing now? How do they reflect on being homeschooled? Yes, they're all, they're all happy that they are, they were home educated. They would have liked more kids to being home educated in our neighbourhood, but um, we had to drive a little way to go to homeschool group each week. We used to take trips down to Melbourne to do science classes at Monash. So you know they saw plenty of kids, but they would have liked um, they would have liked the neighbours to be home educating. And you've been, as I said, you've been involved since your children were small. Have you seen homeschooling change much in Australia in that time? It's certainly grown and it's, it's become easier in terms of more resources that are available. There's so much at your fingertips now with the internet that, you know, when we started we were sort of on such a slow internet Speed, and I think we had a you know a plan of 200 megabytes a month or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know now it's so easy. Well, Susan, thank you so much for your time today. You're very welcome, Siobhan. That's Susan White. She's from the Home Education Network. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.